Hello everyone, Rohit here, back with the second episode for CS Points. On CS Points, I try and analyze a computer science paper for you. I'll try to break it down into simple English for all of you. Renowned physicist Richard Feynman once said, if you cannot explain something in simple terms, you don't understand it. It will be my sincere effort to understand the material before I present it to you. In this episode, I'll discuss a classic paper by renowned computer scientist Leslie Lamport. Now, L. Lamport is a recipient of the Turing Award. For those who don't know, a Turing Award is given annually to individuals who have contributions of lasting and technical importance in the field of computers. This work was published in 1978. Now, if you look up the citations for this paper, you will be astounded to see 11,540 citations of this work on Google Scholar. It's a very fundamental paper in distributed systems. This paper received the Dijkstra Prize, which is given to an outstanding paper in distributed computing. So let's begin with this amazing paper, Time, Clocks and Ordering of Events in a Distributed System. To begin with, the author discusses the partial ordering of events in a distributed system. So it begins by showing that events in a distributed system exhibit irreflexive partial ordering. Let's say we have two processes A and B. Now the author discusses the distributed environment in terms of processes. Now he defines a relation called happened before relation. It's denoted by an arrow. So it's formally defined in three steps. So the first step is if A and B are events in a system. Okay. So if A and B are events in a same process and A comes before B, then A has happened before B. It is interesting to note that all the events in a process always exhibit total ordering. By total ordering, what I mean is you can very clearly tell that this event happened before the other. And since it's the same process, you don't have to contact someone to find out the order of the events. It's the same process. It governs uh, what events are happening. So it knows what happened, what event happened after which event. So. It's very easy to tell and happened before relationship in the same process. The second point is if A is sending a message to some other process and B is the receipt of the same message by another process, then A has happened before B. So this is the definition of happens before in a distributed system. So first we talk, spoke of in the same process now in different processes and irrespective of what processes are the third point, if A has happened before B and B has happened before C, then we can say A has happened before C. It's important to note A does not happen before A. So let's say A is an event. It does not happen before itself because uh, it doesn't really make sense uh, and it's not meaningful that an event happened before itself. So hence happens before is an irreflexive partial ordering relation. Now this might sound very mathematical to you. Let me explain to you in simple terms. Let's say we have a set of positive integers, one, two, three, four, five. And there is a binary relation that we define on this set. Okay. Let's say A divides B. So we will have one, two, three, four, five in this set because one divides two, one divides three, one divides four, one also divides five. So it's a nice chain. There is another element that will be in this set that is two comma four because two divides four. But you know, in this set, you may not find three comma five or four comma five because three does not divide five or four does not divide five. So 
they will contradict the definition of the relation a divides b they don't divide similarly in a distributed system we can have events that causally affect other events so a can happen before b so a was the cause that led to b so these are events that are not related at all because they don't affect each other causally and hence events in a distributed system are shown to exhibit partial order there could be certain events which may not be related at all right so in a set if you have distributed uh, events some events might lead to some other event but some events may completely be irrelevant or not related to other event at all they may happen concurrently in different computers that's okay now the author introduces clocks in the system but these are not real clocks these are logical clocks now every process has a clock that associates a number to the event in that process if the event a happens before event b then a must have happened at an earlier time than b so this is the clock condition if a happened before b then clock of a should be less than clock of b so this condition satisfies our earlier relation that is happens before we clearly defined formally what a happens before relation is and we also proved that it is a partially ordered set so now there are two conditions if a and b are events in one process then clock for a should be less than clock for b and if a is sending a message by a process and b is the recipient of that message by another process then clock of a should also be less than clock of b now how do we implement this the clock condition can be satisfied by implementing a counting algorithm each process increments logical clock between any two consecutive events within the process this satisfies the first clock condition the first first clock condition was if a and b are events in one process then clock of a should be less than clock of b so if there is another event b that happens after a the process increments the clock and associates it with event b the second clock condition was if a is sending a message and b is the recipient of that message then clock of a in process 1 should be less than clock of b in process b so how do we do that each message contains a timestamp okay let's call it m upon receiving a message by the other process the timestamp is advanced to the time later than m by receiving by the receiving process so this is how we implement logical clocks in a distributed system now let's talk about ordering of events totally total ordering gives us the advantage to compare all the events in a distributed system a problem like a distributed mutual exclusion problem will be very interesting to solve with what we have discussed so far what is a mutual exclusion problem we have a set of processes and one resource each process needs access to this shared resource each process must synchronize to gain access to avoid any conflict so this is the mutual exclusion problem to be more precise this is a distributed mutual exclusion problem we are doing it over a network now there are various solutions one of the trivial solution is to use a central scheduling process so just let assign one process to do all the scheduling for all other processes now this again is a bad solution because it is a single point for failure so to solve this we need each process to know about each other processes operations so this is a proposed solution 
Please keep in mind that this solution was proposed in 1978. So there are a lot of generous assumptions which were made while uh, solving this, but still it has a lot of meat. So please pay close, close attention to the algorithm that we are going to discuss now. Each process maintains a request queue. To request a resource, a process sends a message with timestamp to each process and puts the message in its own request queue. So I want to request a resource. So what I will do is I'll send a message to every other process and tell them what my timestamp is. And I'll also put this message in my own request queue. Now, when the other processes receive this message, they place it in their own request queues. In addition, they send an acknowledgement with a timestamp. This is an important step. Not only do they send acknowledgement, but they also send a timestamp along with it. The process which currently owns the resource removes any message on the request queue and sends a timestamp release resource to every other process. So when I'm requesting for a process, there could be some other process which already owns the resource that I want. So what that process is going to do is it will remove that message from its own request queue. And then it will send a timestamped acknowledgement saying that I am releasing this resource. Now let's say I'm the requester. When I receive the release resource message from the current owner, I remove it from my own request queue. But there are a few conditions. I will remove it only if the request for the resource was ordered before any other requests in the queue. So I maintain my own queue. And if there is no other request which precedes this, then I am going to go further. There's other condition. The requester receives a message from every other processes with timestamp greater than its original timestamp for a request for resource. So when I started out, I sent a timestamped request to everyone saying that I want this resource. Now, when I get acknowledgements back, all the acknowledgements should have been at a greater timestamp. This algorithm requires participation from all processes. Otherwise, the system will be stuck and it will never be able to recover from this failure. A very interesting algorithm indeed and very advanced for its time. The author now outlines the anomalous behavior. Assume a network. Suppose you send a request for a resource. Now you phone a friend and ask him to request the same resource from his computer. Now you made a request first. However, over the network, it might happen that the system gets your friend's request first and his request is granted, right? So the situation is very interesting. I am requesting a resource. I phone a friend and I ask him to request the same resource and my friend probably is in a different city, but his request reached the resource earlier than my request. And because of this, his request was granted. How would you detect a situation like this? In order to detect a situation like this, you will have to rely on something called as a real clock. Clocks that we wear on our wristbands, those are real clocks. They actually indicate real time. But the problem with real clocks is they need to be in perfect synchronization. And the author now introduces a very dense mathematical proof which shows how far out of synchronization these physical clocks can be. Well, this is out of the scope of the episode. However, I'll publish a blog post to explain it later how he proves that. Uh, so in conclusion, a very dense but interesting paper. The paper illustrates the happens before relation. It exhibits that they exhibit a partial ordering of events. It describes a, a way of extending this partial ordering of 
to total ordering and to solve a synchronization problem in the end it also outlines anomalous behavior that may happen because of the assumptions made and emphasizes the need for a continuous clock thank you everyone for listening to this episode on cs bytes see you next time